0: yo 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 welcome back to another episode of on the spot sports and before we get to our guest today we have a big shout out front for living sisu living sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport their main objective is to activate your lifestyle so for active it's for active people enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off body logics the goalie guild all his books are discounted Roan, lululemon for men off online stretching programs with eccentrics one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun and it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm part of it a bunch of other athletes are a part of it so it's free to join it takes 20 seconds to have it, to get exclusive offers to your sport and it's definitely worth worth it so do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living CSUs membership it's free 20 takes 20 seconds so go do it and we'll see you there Living CSU is a great company we uh we know one of the co-founders Zach Focaly he's a great guy he uh He's the co-founder, and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything, to what me- made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Yo, welcome back to another episode of OnSpot Sports. I'm Jack, and today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, current professional goaltender Chris Nell. Chris is a current professional hockey goaltender in the East Coast Hockey League with the Atlanta Gladiators. He played this past season with the Tucson Roadrunners in the AHL, appearing in seven games. He played junior hockey in the United States Hockey League with the Chicago Steel, along with playing NCAA Division I hockey for three years with Bowling Green State University before turning pro. So this is gonna be a fun episode, Chris. So welcome to the show, Chris Nell.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me
0: on. Excited. Yeah, no problem. It's been it's been an episode in the making for sure, but I'm glad we're (laughs) we're able to get this thing going and get this thing rolling. But uh how how have you been? Like it's been, I would think, a crazy summer so far for you. So and then getting into the season in Atlanta recently. It's like how's everything going with Atlanta and then like throughout like the trying to find a team over the summer?
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, I think you can kind of even say it was been like the last two summers. Obviously, uh, this last summer was just trying to figure out that back to normal and what that looked like for teams and um, if there was going to be any kind of COVID restriction. And because the year before, obviously, it was the longest summer I think everybody's had when, with like eight or nine months before uh, teams were even getting going on, uh, on games. So this year, I think you saw even in the up top in the NHL, um, i think i think every team switched to at least one goalie <laughs> i think that i think that was the most movement ever so uh, this summer was definitely interesting in uh, in the fact that teams are going different directions with a bunch of different goalies and uh, you had a, you had a lot of goalies that uh, that can play at a high level that were just out of jobs with um, just the demand the demand and uh, for goalies being uh, not as much as how many goalies were or without teams so I think it was just kind of a waiting game and hopefully find uh, find a spot where you know the coach that uh, where they would where they want you yeah absolutely and the like the summer is like where you get like
0: all your like foundations down and everything for the season it's so, like yeah. throughout like these last two summers like what have you been doing to stay in shape especially when especially the like nine to ten month offseason like what were you doing during that offseason that that you were doing to stay in shape for whenever that season did start
1: yeah and I think I think the the biggest thing with that was uh was just depending where you lived right so um I was lucky enough where Wisconsin uh, for the most part wasn't too strict on restrictions when it came to shutting down uh the ice rinks and stuff like that but it was just finding ways to kind of if you couldn't get into gyms or on the ice, it was just finding ways to do little body stuff at home and um, just kind of figure out workouts at home with anything you had or just getting ice whenever you could. And I think uh, I was lucky enough that um, the rink that I skated at was, was open for the most part. Uh, through the last two summers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the last, co- the last two summers, like, like uh separates you from the rest of your competition, especially for the guys that like since it since some places were really restrictive and some weren't like you just find ways to do stuff and find ways to keep yourself occupied and keep yourself in shape for when whenever the season did start.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and I think I think the biggest thing uh, when it came to that was just like your mental approach, right? So it's just finding ways to kind of stay mentally sharp, and uh, if that was like I know. VR is a huge thing now, or just like vision training at home. But I think um, the guys that found the most success coming back uh, into into these seasons have been the guys that have just kind of mentally found the, the the strength to just stay motivated. I feel like, and because um, if you think about it, right, like you can you can kind of get by with maybe not being in the best shape or seeing the most ice as long as you are uh, mentally sound and, and through the game. So I think that I think that kind of was the major was the major selling point with a lot of guys in in these last two summers is just making sure you find ways to kind of stay stay motivated through like these tough times of maybe not being able to find ice or the protocols changing
0: yeah absolutely it's like what was your like your mental strength during that time like how were you able to stay motivated during that time when like even though you uh the state of wisconsin was pretty was not that restrictive but like what what would you do to help say help keep yourself motivated especially when the season can't didn't start for nine ten months
1: yeah I think um I think personally it kind of was just uh kind of the opposite of what I thought would be the case was just I found that that time off was just refreshing I found that um being able to kind of step away from the game for a month or two a month or two before you kind of start training again actually has a lot of benefits you get you know obviously not just physically with just being able to rest your body a little bit and then get back into like the training but just mentally just kind of taking a break from putting so much strain and pressure on yourself uh just to be able to kind of have some fun in the summer and um get back into like the competitiveness a little closer to the season when it comes to uh maybe on the ice and different things like that because i mean once you once you play for so long it's kind of for the most part, so it's just like riding a bike. Once you get back on the ice, you know, the first couple of skates might be a little tough with, uh, with the lungs and stuff like that. But uh, technique wise, I feel like just taking a break and letting your, letting your mind kind of mentally reset and just kind of find that love for the game again, I think was the biggest thing that I took out of these uh, these last two months, especially that long summer. Cause you you were just kind of sitting there waiting and waiting and you kind of, kind of started to realize that that was out of your control. Uh, the season was going to start when it was going to start so you just had to kind of have fun with that whole process and just kind of be ready when it did.
0: Yeah absolutely and just I like how you said to find that love of the game like during that time like you're like before that you're playing a lot and then you go into a season where or off season where like like we've been saying this whole episode like nine ten months without playing games and like you just it gets tough just just training and just skating every day and just doing what you can like it takes a toll on you but just like recovering your your body your mind like finding like that love of the game again like that that goes really really far and like it brings it separates you from the other competitors as well because you're just relaxing and making sure that you're you're ready to go when it, when the season does approach
1: yeah and I agree and I think I think that's like the biggest problem is when you start to kind of see going to the rink as a as a job or or just kind of like something that you have to do and I think that's when you start to lose um that's when you start to become worse I feel like and as as long as you can find that that why of why you want to be at the rink every day and that and have that fun like atmosphere and just like have fun with it I know like you see a bunch of goalies mic'd up and and the high levels and they're always laughing and nothing's ever really taken too seriously. I think, I think there's a, there's a reason behind that. Right. So you see all those guys that are mic'd up, they're all having fun. And I think that's the biggest thing. Obviously it's easy to, easy to, to have fun when you're making millions doing your job. But yeah. even if you're not, I think if, if you're not having fun with what you do and that translates to anything in life, if you're not having fun with what you're doing, find, find what makes, makes life fun. Cause it's uh, you don't, you don't live long enough to not have fun doing what you're doing
0: yeah absolutely so would you say that's your why it's just like you're you're out there having fun and just enjoying the experiences you get to you get to have and like all the memories that you're creating from playing hockey and like enjoying enjoying life
1: yeah exactly and I think uh, just the experiences that I've had in the coast and the AHL and different things like that seeing seeing places I probably would have never seen in my life if I I hadn't played hockey meeting people Um, making relationships, friendships that I that I still carry on through through the five years that I've been playing. Uh, That's that's the why is just having is being able to come to come to a rink every day with 25, 30 some guys all working towards the same goal, having fun doing it. And I think that's I think that's why I do it is just that love of the the competitiveness of just um, kind of building relationships through a year and just kind of winning as a team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get into uh, this season and last season low bait here. So you're signed this season with the Atlanta Gladiators and the ECHL. So how has this season been for you and the team so far?
1: Uh, it's been good. It's been good. I think, I think kind of coming back um, for the team that uh, obviously the, the Gladiators uh, were one of the East Coast Hockey League teams that uh, didn't play last year. So I think um, there's a lot of a lot of good buzz around, around the team, around the organization of uh, wanting to finally have a team back and being able to have a team back. And um, there's been a lot of, a lot of good things. And I think um, after the first game we played, uh, we're, we're one and one right now. And I think the first game, we kind of had a little bit too much of uh, excitement. I think that kind of, kind of came back to bite us, but uh, this last game, we were slowly, you know, day by day, kind of reeling in the, um, and fine tuning um, our game plan so that we, we uh, are kind of, getting better and better but there's a lot of good energy around our room right now and it's it's a lot of fun to see
0: yeah for sure and what from what from what turns texted me this morning he said the boys are buzzing so yeah must must be true and everything's gonna go up from here and you guys are just gonna keep buzzing around the rink.
1: exactly exactly and I think you know we have a we have a group that's a lot of guys trying to prove themselves and I think that's kind of when when you get the best uh, the best of the best, right? So you, every day you got guys that are coming to the rink that are having a lot of fun, that love the game, that are really trying to uh, to kind of motivate each other and motivate themselves to be better. And I think that's kind of when you get the best uh, best scenarios. Like look at the like all the nights a couple of years ago, right? The team of misfits, the guys that kind of everyone was like, why did they pick these guys? But they they came to the rink with something to prove and. And it, and it worked out. So I think uh, I think we kind of have that same dynamic. We have a good group of older guys that have been around long enough to kind of be good role models and a bunch of younger guys that want to prove that they belong in this league and, and even leagues above. Yeah, absolutely. So like, you've played one
0: game so far this season. So how, how do you feel during that one game and you got, you got the win in that game? So like, how, how did that game feel?
1: Yeah, obviously it's always nice to get the get to the first win now uh, if you're back right away. Um but it I, it's the first game back, I think anytime uh after that off season when you get to the live bullets where where that winter loss is going on your record for the whole year, I think you're going to have a little bit of uh, a couple of mental mistakes and just things like that, but um I felt good. It felt like felt uh, good to compete again. It's just nice to go out there and kind of let your mind just go free and just play hockey again and I think uh it was a lot of fun we had a little scare down the stretch but uh I ended up winning so hey you got the win
0: that's all that matters when it comes down exactly two points in the standings exactly (laughs) yeah exactly so then you spent last season in the American Hockey League with the Tucson Roadrunners appearing in seven games so what was that season like for you personally and for the team with the challenges you guys had to face around the COVID season
1: yeah, I think those those first couple months were weird. Um, obviously, we had to wear masks just about everywhere we went, uh, even in the rink. We had two separate locker rooms, um, so you know, guy, you weren't even really seeing every guy uh, that much every day until you got on the ice. And I think that kind of that kind of played a factor. I think I think that was the that was the first time I've kind of felt like I haven't I didn't get to know somebody uh, necessarily right away until maybe a month or two in just because of how limited they were trying to keep the interactions, uh, between players. So that obviously with COVID spreading, how fast it was, um, I think it just felt, it felt weird not being in a locker room, uh, with everybody in one room and just kind of like the masks. So like you're trying to learn people's names and everyone's wearing a mask. And so it was, it was definitely different and it was definitely a learning process, but obviously, um, Everyone in that league can play at a high level, so it was fun going to the rink every day competing at that level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, like throughout, like all these changes with like masks wearing everywhere, like what do you have to learn throughout all the all those changes and everything, especially when a game could get canceled or pushed back within a day or hours' notice.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had a full weekend last year canceled because uh, we had five false positives. So um, cool. I think, I think the. Uh, the biggest thing everyone learned kind of last year was like how big team camaraderie is and how big like just communication and being around guys and uh, being able to just kind of do stuff as a team was I think Uh, it's obviously a completely different scenario when you're not necessarily able to kind of go over and hang out with the guys and or get together fully as a team and I think that was one thing that we kind of I kind of noticed throughout that process was just uh how much those interactions actually matter when it comes to bonding as a team and kind of pushing forward that way.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's like, what did you guys hang out outside of the rink at all? Or was it just like pretty restrictive where maybe like one or two or three guys could hang out and not the entire team, like you said?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty strict. A lot of the times it was just kind of either bus trips or, um, you know, anything we had to do, they, they recommended if we were getting together it would have to be kind of outside or in spaces where you're not in a scenario where you're where you're more likely to kind of have everyone get it at the same time because uh, I mean technically the protocol was we couldn't even it was take out only and then grocery store rink in your apartment so everything we did was kind of outside and you know maybe go golf because of how warm it was so
0: yeah, always always can get uh go get the golf swings in at the at the course and just, just play around the golf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like throughout the season you face a lot of ups and downs throughout the season. So like what do you do to battle around those downs and dig deep and overcome those obstacles when it does get tough?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's kind of going back to what we were talking about before, just finding the love of the game. You know, obviously every season you're gonna go through the ups and downs and it's just uh, maintaining, maintaining the highs and lows because you can't, obviously you can't get too high when you're up there because then you're just going to get back down to the low yeah. end so it's just it's just maintaining that kind of level-headedness like obviously you have to play with a swagger um, but just making sure that you don't kind of let that swagger get, yeah exactly and I think, I think the biggest thing that I've kind of learned is throughout my, my couple of years pro here now is just kind of staying off social media I mean because that is the definition of the highs and lows. When when you're playing well, everyone on there is praising you. And when you're playing bad, everyone's everyone coming notices. for your head. So uh, it's just, I think the biggest thing when it comes to kind of those low points is just is just get back to sim- simplicity. And I think, especially as goal te- goalies, I think sometimes with all this stuff coming out about all this new technique and all this new kind of training and you got to do this, that, this, that, I think, at the end of the day, you just got to kind of find simplicity in your game. And uh, if you're able to do that, you're going to be a lot better than, you know, um, if you're just kind of flying around all over the place. I think, especially for myself, I like to think that I'm more of a positional style goaltender that uh, doesn't ever have to really have to make crazy saves just because of the position that I put myself in. And I think I think um, when, I'm, when you're playing simple, the game kind of comes to you. So and that's kind of how I define like simplicity is letting the game come to you, because when you start chasing the game at these high levels, that's when, you know, these younger goalies or goalies kind of coming up can get into trouble. Um, Just kind of let the game come to you and it makes it makes it a million times easier. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I love that.
0: Simplicity is key. Like just keep the game simple and let the game come to you and don't don't fight the pucks. Don't fight everything. Just keep it simple and, and relaxed. Exactly. Yeah so then so you get back to the AHL level with Tucson so like what was it like getting back to that AHL level and playing in Tucson in a beautiful in a beautiful place where like there's unreal views?
1: Yeah I mean you can't you can't hit hockey uh playing in uh in a climate like that I think you know after the rink you come out of the rink it's 85 and sunny every day in the middle of December you can't (laughs) you can't be mad at all but no it's it's uh it's fun and i think you kind of you kind of show yourself that it is obviously a little bit higher higher level and guys are able to make plays at a a faster pace and that's just how it goes at every level you jump up with and it's just kind of being ready um ready and and obviously honestly more simple
0: yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and just uh like throughout like that season like you uh you played. You played in the AHL level again. You played in Tucson. Like, what were, what were some of your favorite memories from the from the odd season that you guys went through in Tucson?
1: I think just kind of like kind of find that common um, common like struggle that everyone was going through. That but like that that struggle like oh we waited so long and we have all these restrictions. But at the end of the day, game day was game day, and you know I'm going. To... And, and everyone was coming to win. So I think my favorite memory was being able to play hockey again at a high level and um, not taking anything for granted, especially with how long um, that, uh, that break was, I think being able to kind of realize that you might never get a chance again because obviously you, n- you never know what the next day is going to bring. So just my favorite memories were just playing we're just being able to kind of step on the ice and compete in a game scenario and kind of give it a mile for, for, for the team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just being able to play during such a weird time, weird season, like you got to value every every chance you get to play, play games, go to, go to practice, hang with the boys at the rink when, when you can, like you just gotta, you just gotta have, you just gotta value those memories and especially because how the season was and how, how odd it was.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that kind of kinda dawned on me too. It's just like, you know, you never know when you'll get get another chance to play either in the AHL or even coast or, you know, whatever level you're playing at. So just to to value those moments and take advantage of them and have fun with it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So then uh, the following season you played on four teams throughout the season in the ECHL with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, Adirondack Thunder. Florida Everblades and the Atlanta Gladiators, where you played in 24 games with Atlanta, going 11-8-3. Yeah. So what was that crazy season like for you and traveling to different homes throughout the year and being, uh, being a bit of a suitcase?
1: Yeah, you know, obviously, uh, I don't think you ever plan up a, a season where you're going to play on, uh, I think it was four teams, but uh, travel to the, the one of the teams one more time at the end. So I think it ended up being five teams. Uh, counting the same team twice Uh, I don't think you ever planned for that I think uh, obviously you hope to to go to a team and and be on that team for good and kind of give everything you have to win but um, it was definitely tough Um, you know obviously when you're when you're just kind of getting settled into a place and then find out you're moving again is it can get it can get uh, it can get draining for sure and I think the hardest thing I struggled with that year was just kind of not taking what was happening to me outside the rink and kind of leaving that where it was. And anytime I did get to step on the rink, whether it was for Florida, Adirondack, Atlanta, or Greenville, I think once I finally started to get the play again is kind of when I started to kind of settle back, back in, but it's tough when you don't when you're kind of like getting bounced around and stuff like that with not really finding any games in between those in those times was like, I think the hardest thing
0: yeah absolutely it's like did you ever get down on yourself when you were getting moved so often or do you take that as an opportunity to restart and and pretty much get a whole whole new refresh to for for your season and see how and just just like we were talking about earlier just like getting that opportunity because you never know when it's going to happen
1: yeah and i think i think every time i did get traded uh like kind of that right away moment was okay like this is another new opportunity and i gotta go kind of take it but i think uh (laughs) I think the lowest part was uh, when I was getting uh, traded right around Christmas, tr- Christmas time and I had to move my flight flight up um, to Christmas morning um, out of kind of leaving Christmas morning. And I think I was kind of like, is this worth it type deal? And I think that was the lowest point. And then I got to Atlanta and I was able to, to kind of start a bunch of games in a row. And I was like, okay, obviously there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to keep kind of battling. And I think, uh, that's kind of the point that kind of turned that season around but uh it was definitely you know I think I only played in four games the first half of that season and kind of having to miss uh, Christmas day at home was kind of just like "Ooh, what am I doing kind of type deal but uh to get back and start playing games again is kind of what brought me back on track yeah absolutely you get that get that new opportunity
0: and you get like you were at the lowest but you just got to push through just got to keep battling and just you saw that light at the end of the tunnel when you did get those stretch of games in Atlanta and then you're able to just go from there and have a have a pretty good year.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing is just cuz there's always light at the end of the tunnel no matter how bad things seem at that moment it can always be worse right so you always just got to take those those scenarios and just keep battling. Yeah, absolutely. So then going into the 2018-2019
0: season, you spent time with two Coast teams in the Greenville Swamp Rabbits once again, playing in 27 games. And then the Maine Mariners, where you played in 11 games before, also playing two games with the Hartford Wolfpack in the American League. So like, what was your time like in Maine and playing hockey for a newer team that was just, just uh, beginning to,
1: to find success and find their rhythm in Maine? it was a lot of fun. Obviously it was the, it was the first year that they had hockey back in Portland. Um, obviously before it was the the Portland, I believe pirates in the AHL. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. There was a lot of buzz around the city about the team and the ownership groups and stuff. We're very excited to have hockey back. And, uh, it was cool because, you know, obviously we got to be a part of history with, with the Mariners and in their first season and just kind of be able to kind of kind of take the, all that in and, um, just kind of play for that city that had been missing hockey for a while
0: yeah absolutely it's so like what was that buzz all about And like I'm sure like once you guys were playing at home for a while like the fans like the this uh the tickets just keep kept selling and like you got a whole barn packed in there pretty much and just yeah like, yeah what, got- was, what was the atmosphere like around uh around Maine there
1: yeah, we got really good fans. I I'll, I will say though, they were probably one of the toughest fans. They uh, they definitely let you know when you weren't playing well. And we had a couple stretches when I was there that we necessarily weren't playing the best, and uh, they they definitely let us hear about it. But they were a passionate group of fans. They they uh, they didn't just uh, celebrate the goals. They were they were in on the power plays, the penalty kills, the, the little things they enjoyed, and it was a good group when when you were playing well, but. But they definitely let you let you know when you weren't. So uh, it was fun. There's just a lot of passion behind hockey uh, in that city when when we came back, and it was it was fun to play for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The the fans are the fifth line. There, they're, they're in yeah. it no matter what. Win <laughs> lose, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. They're, they're gonna give it to you no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then going into your first year of pro hockey in 2017 2018, you got a really good shot with the Hartford Wolfpack, where you played in 18 games, going eight and eight. So what was it like getting that opportunity in the AHL after recently coming out of college hockey?
1: Uh, it was different, obviously. You know, college hockey, you play two games a weekend, and then you get that full week to kind of recoup. And obviously, you're only playing, if you go really deep, 40-some games. So I think the biggest thing was just kind of readjusting to to that whole that whole the pro schedule, right? So you're playing – sometimes you're playing on Wednesday, Tuesday – Wednesday game, maybe a Thursday game, then you got three and threes on the weekends and with, with all with travel in between and stuff like that. So I think the biggest thing was just kind of finding that new balance of like, you don't have as much leeway after a game to kind of like think about it and say, okay, this is what I did wrong. This is what I did, I, I have the whole week to kind of figure it out. Sometimes you're playing four or five games in six, seven days. So you, you have to have a short memory and kind of get ready, ready to go right back on the horse. Whether that be if it was a good game, kind of forget about it and continue to, to to try to play that way. Or if you had a bad game, to stop that skid quicker. Um, there's just a different. That's the biggest difference between college and the pro is just um, that time frame you have after either a big win or a big loss um, to kind of reset your mindset and get back into it.
0: Yeah absolutely so would you say like that was a big thing that you learned throughout your first official year of pro hockey and like that you had to deal with those ups, ups and downs like the mental aspect of it and like just being able to move be able that you could be able to be moving around a lot and especially as a rookie in the AHL like that must have yeah. been like a pretty hard stretch for you.
1: Yeah exactly and I think I think you start to learn the business of it right where at college you're you're set set in stone for four years i mean even if they end up not wanting you to play and stuff like that you still get your scholarship um unless you obviously do something outside the rink to provoke you losing it you have a scholarship for four years where uh, obviously you sign a contract for however many years but at that point can, they can send you to the coast right away or send you to multiple coast teams it doesn't really matter so that business side of things is uh, is a lot different i think where people really recognize like yeah even if you do sign a contract it doesn't necessarily mean anything um the, the business side of things is 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 a lot different than um anything any anyone ever kind of tells you about leading up into pro hockey uh you have to be at your best every night there's no real excuses that anymore at that level it's either you're at your best or you're going to be sent down so I think the biggest thing I learned is just to have fun even have fun in the fact that you don't control any of that so just as long as you can control what you can control that's the biggest thing I think anyone going into pro hockey should really focus on not not worrying about where they are in the lineup just worrying about what kind of what kind of attitude or work ethic they bring. To the rink every day and I think that was the biggest thing I learned my first year
0: yeah absolutely that's a it's a great lesson to start things off your first year of pro hockey and yeah to, especially because like throughout that year you also played in Adirondack Kansas City and Greenville in the in the coast so what was that adjustment like in having to adapt to being called up and down and moving around throughout your first pro season especially since we talked about like you're just setting stone in college and you're going to be there for a while
1: yeah i think it's just kind of the relationships right so like in college you're building these relationships with guys that for the most part you're playing at least one full season if not two three four um you build relationships and you kind of know how everyone's working and i think the the hardest thing when you're getting called up and sent down is just kind of maintaining those kind of relationships with wherever you're going and kind of understanding the game plans that each team is is uh is playing within and kind of knowing all that stuff and like kind of the calls, um, whether it be goalie D exchange or different things like that, D zone all that stuff. So I think just kind of figuring out how everyone's playing and different things like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So uh, like throughout like that first pro season, like you come in from BGSU. So like what was the process like to sign with Hartford after after your BGSU season ended?
1: Um, so I had I had an advisor kind of leading me uh in juniors that, that kind of got me my that got me my um in touch with BG and then ended up committing to BG and uh they were I was talking with them um a little bit after my sophomore year and then again after my junior year. Um and then that's when I kind of decided I wanted wanted to leave. it was just kind of felt like the right time, right situation. So
0: yeah for sure so then you get into a professional game it's like what was your what was your emotions in that first game like and then getting your first pro win?
1: Um, I think it was just a lot of nerves and just kind of didn't really know what to expect right so I, I obviously had some practices before the first game but I don't think you ever really know until you're put in those scenarios right so it, it was really good and um, it was just kind of it was just kind of just let it all happen. It was excitement, nerves. I think it was like just about every emotion you can you can feel. It was just a lot of, it was a lot of fun. I think, and then obviously to get that first win is just a huge monkey off your back, and just just feels unbelievable, and kind of kind of makes you feel like you know I can definitely play at this level, and let's just kind of find ways to keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely, and like all the emotions are are there
0: until you get thrown in the fire, like you said, and you you have to fight for yourself and battle throughout the yeah, game, yeah, exactly, and, and get that get that experience and hopefully get that first win. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So then, I'll, I want to get into your youth, junior, college days here a little bit for this part of the show. So uh, you grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So like, what was yep. youth hockey like for you growing up in Green Bay? In Green Bay making your path all the way up to college hockey?
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, hockey in Green Bay is definitely kind of moving forward in, in the right directions. I think, you know, there's a lot of good coaches in, in the area that I grew up and not even just my area, but in, in the state in general. And I think um, with Team Wisconsin and everything like that, they're really kind of trying to push the development process through uh, Wisconsin hockey and kind of start, you know, making – giving outlets for the players that maybe don't don't necessarily have uh, the you know the big cities or the big co- or the coaches behind behind them, but have the skill, I think they're doing a really good job of getting Wisconsin players in the right uh, right spots to kind of move guys forward. And I think um, I think that that was great. Is, that was growing up. And then obviously, I had Team Wisconsin, which got me kind of into that. Uh, the junior light and then I was able to get drafted by the Chicago Steel Um, and I think my first year I kind of got rung up and like oh I got drafted and you know all this stuff I think I I think I let that get to my head a little bit and luckily enough I was able to figure it out around Christmas time and get my college commitment to BG and then that's kind of when things just kind of fell into place for me is where I kind of figured it out and that next year I felt like I had a pretty good year and um just kind of enjoyed the process a little more of, of enjoying where I was at and I think my goal coach and I talked about that a lot is a lot of kids nowadays it's a rush to get to that next level but if you don't enjoy where you're at and dominate where you're at that next level is just gonna gonna you know bring you in and spit you out so I think that second year juniors is when I kind of realized that I need to buy in to where I am at every level and and I, and I don't and I say I think that's when I started thinking about it but I don't think it that really that really kind of mindset of just kind of being diligent of where you're at and letting letting yourself just have fun and play really happened until um, my sophomore year of college where I kind of I had the best I think statistical year of my college career was that sophomore year and I I just I just played simple played big played me and, and just had fun with it and then uh, obviously I, I kind of struggled out of the get-go my junior year but ended up having a really good second half and I think we lost in um the conference championships in double overtime so it was a, it was a good year where we had That's a, lot a heartbreaker
0: of- though yeah
1: yeah it was tough but it was one of the funnest games I think I've ever played in college the, the crowd of Michigan Tech was unbelievable we traveled pretty well too and it was a fun game but I think um you know I look back and had some great teammates at, at Bowling Green and we had a good group and a uh, wonderful coach and staff that kind of pushed us every day to kind of find our best and brought the best out of us. And I think yeah, it was a great time, great great people, great experience. And I think that's kind of when I started to figure out just, you know, play me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I love that path. And then you go, like you said, you got drafted by the Chicago Steel. So you played two seasons in the USHL and the U Show with the Steel. So what did you learn in that first season of Juniors going from high school to the USHL, especially going into that second year, like you said, and like you're able to really like, really get that experience and know what junior hockey is about.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like you're playing against the, I think my years is like, you know, we had all those guys that 94, 95, 96 age group through the USA program who were all disgusting. I think yeah. it was like Jones, Matthews, all those guys. So, like you're playing against guys, even just on the USA team that are unbelievable. You have high end draft picks on just about every team in that league. And so you're playing in a league that if you're not your best every night, you're gonna get exposed. and I think I think I kind of learned that my first year is you can't take a night off in that league because you're just gonna you're gonna get lit up. So I think it was just it was good to kind of get that uh, high end compete at that young age. It was a bunch of guys that are all still drafted eligible. (laughs) So everyone in that league is trying to put themselves in a spot to get drafted. And if not drafted, get a commitment to a high end college. So I think every night in that league is, is a battle, is a battle not only to stay on the team, but you're battling against other guys on different teams or within your own team to get, to get a, a spot at that next level that you're trying to get to, which is college and, or, drafted so I think that kind of that compete was just it was amazing and it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah so like how were you able to stay on track during those times when it did get rough and like out of your control and just being able to just like maintain focus especially that first year when like you're not used to everything and then everything could go the wrong way like what would you just help yourself stay on track?
1: I think it was just kind of reminding myself that I know it's going to sound redundant but just to have fun like obviously you're you're here for a reason and that reason is because they they saw that you can play hockey so, so just to get back to to making sure that you you just play the way you can and stop stop hindering your your own abilities by kind of getting in your own head right so it's just to just be able to to play to play hockey how you know you can and i think that's the biggest thing too is you train so hard in the summers and do all the reps of all this stuff is once you get to a game at that point you don't need you don't need to think about it you just need to let yourself play and that's kind of when you have the most success
0: exactly so then the following year you play in 43 games just a huge jump from your first year so like we talked about that experience like what really helped you develop during that second year when you're playing that many games and just getting that that necessary experience to just keep developing and keep going up the the ranks in in the ushl
1: i think it i think it helped more to play that many games because i didn't have as much time to kind of sit there and think about it right so i was just, just able had to go to, right away i just you know you just go one game one game at a time and just compete and if that night goes your way it goes your way if it doesn't get back into practice the next day or, or day after and just kind of get right back to work and I think just kind of keeping it simple was the biggest model me and my goalie coach would would always talk about is just keep it simple have fun and he'd always joke around right before right before a game if uh if we were texting or calling or something when I was kind of reaching out to to just kind of to vent and talk about the games that have been going on he's just you'd just say hey don't suck <laughs> so it was just that uh, simplicity of just don't suck you know just have fun don't suck so
0: yeah just ha- have fun don't suck and, and yeah be fine you'll make it then
1: yeah exactly exactly <laughs>
0: yeah for sure so then you go into uh, and then we, we're, we're going to go into your college career a little bit here to end things off here so your career your junior career ends after two years in the ushl and you decide to go play three years of NCAA division one hockey at Bowling Green State University it's like what was the process to commit to BGSU and have it be your school for the next four years but it'd end up being three years before you end up going pro yeah
1: so obviously um throughout the recruiting process like uh teams will reach out to kids that they that they think um or that these teams have an interest in the colleges reach out uh, whether that be through an advisor or through um, the coaching staff of whatever team they're on. I've, I've seen it both ways. Uh, the the th- first thing is usually they, they meet you after a game and kind of talk to you and tell you what they're all about and um, just little things like that. And then uh, usually you'll follow it up with like a phone call with the head coach um, who kind of lays it out more, a little more detailed and uh, you kind of work through a process to get um if, if it's kind of interested on both ends of maybe we would want to do something like this uh, you get an official visit kind of set up or an unofficial depending um, just on a bunch of different factors um, so they got an official visit kind of set up for me I, I, I flew out uh, from Chicago to um, Ohio to kind of get um, get a lay of the of the campus and kind of meet some of the guys that were there and I was able to pick their brains about their experiences. And I got to sit down face-to-face with the coaching staff, see all the facilities, see the school, uh, the whole nine yards. And then um, I came back one more time on an unofficial, which the only difference is officials, they can pay uh, for your travel to and from where an unofficial is uh, you kind of got to find your own way out there and stuff like that. So I went out with my family and um, I kind of knew that second time that, I was going out there that this was the school I wanted to go to and I committed on that uh, that unofficial visit and I was kind of look back from there
0: yeah absolutely what a what a process to go through and then sign for uh to play for BGSU for the next three years
1: yeah yeah it was a it was a blast it was a very exciting time yeah
0: absolutely so you go into your first year college hockey you played 13 games your first year so what did you have a what was it like going into that first year and what do you have to learn about the Division One game that you were going to need if you were
1: going to be successful or not? I think the biggest thing that I struggled with was practices, to be honest. I think just uh, the intensity that uh, the coach brought every day to practice and all the players brought to practice. Uh, I, I wasn't very good in practice at all. <laughs> and it uh, kind of got me in a little bit of hot water uh, with the coaching staff just in the fact that they thought I didn't really have it that compete level that that fire inside me um, which obviously wasn't the case but I just was a little shell shocked on on the practice habits and the practice uh, the way practices were were ran and different things like that I think that was the biggest struggle I had kind of leading into that that year and um, because I started the year off in game wise I mean they did a very good job of putting me into scenarios that were going to be good for me that first year. Um, but that, that, that biggest thing was just kind of that intensity, the intensity level. And that definitely was something I needed to see and needed to have happen. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think that's important because everyone's, a lot of people just like, don't really think of practice, but practice, like, especially at the college and junior level, like you gotta, you gotta perform if you, if you want that start and you gotta be, you gotta be engaged in in practice and all that, and just that know that you're gonna have that intense practice every every day every single day that you have practice.
1: Exactly, and you think about it, especially at the college level, you're practicing way more than you play. So if you're not, yeah. you know, if you're not bringing it in practice, those habits are gonna start to form and show themselves in games too. So yeah,
0: for sure. So then the following year, you get an opportunity to play in 37 games. Going 18, 11, and six. So, what was that second year of development like, and just seeing game game action more, and being a, being able to get that experience?
1: It was it was unbelievable. It was huge. It was a, a blast. Uh, obviously, I think I think college hockey is one of the coolest experiences because you're not necessarily just playing for an organization. You're playing for a community of people that chose to go to a certain school that uh, get behind athletics like like it's a family right so it's it's uh it's all it's very 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 prideful to play for uh an organization or a college like bowling green who's had so much history and so many so many good players that have passed through there uh to be able to to wear that jersey with pride and kind of go out there and compete for that for that university was was special and it was a blast to do it almost every night my sophomore year and just kind of Compete with uh, with
0: my teammates. Yeah, for sure. And just you get that bigger opportunity, like you take that next step, and you you just realize from that point, like like that everyone's serious about you, and you you need to you need to especially believe in yourself to get that opportunity to perform as well as you did. Like you know, it just doesn't happen overnight. Like you can't just be like oh I'm gonna go from thirteen games to thirty seven and do well. Like you have to actually take commitment, like believe in yourself as like the most that anyone can believe in yours in yourself is yourself
1: yeah exactly exactly and I think if you don't like we were talking about have that little bit of swagger behind yourself that's you're not going to really be if you can't really believe in yourself how are you how are you supposed to get the rest of the team to believe in you right a lot of uh, a lot of a goalie's job is to kind of bring that sense of uh, calmness and belief within the room so to be able to win that over and is huge. And to have the, the team kind of believe in you and play for you is, is massive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So then you go into your third year playing 34 games. It's like, what was that last year like And giving yourself a, a shot to make a name for yourself and go pro at the end of the year? Or were you not really thinking of going pro at the end of the year?
1: I think the way I thought about it was just kind of don't worry about it while I'm playing. And I think that was kind of my, my thought process the whole time through college is after that sophomore year I kind of started to To my agent and advisor were telling me that hey like you have kind of like legitimate um, legitimate buzz around your name in the, in the pro world uh, I was like well you know what um, at the end of the day like I'm not going to be leaving leaving a season early so I don't want to hear about that until um, my season's over so I, I just want to I don't want that to be a distraction to either me or my teammates. If they're hearing different things about, Oh, did you hear like, he's thinking about leaving already and all this stuff I wanted. I wanted to, I wanted to only focus on playing hockey and playing in that year and having success in that year. Cause at the end of the day, all I wanted to do uh, every year I was at BG was to bring home a championship, whether that be uh, in the WCHA or the main goal was obviously the NCAA tournament. So um, I think the biggest thing for me was just to kind of keep that where it was until the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. And it creates
0: like a negative buzz when when all, that, all those rumors are going around and just like you might leave, you might not like get different answers. Like it just leaves a negative feeling in the locker room.
1: Exactly. And that's why I, I wanted to be very transparent in the fact that even if I wasn't leaning towards that way or or not leaning towards that way, I'm I'm fully committed to that year at hand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So throughout your three years in college, like, what what was your favorite memory from
1: all three years in college? Um, I think I think I mean anytime we won a playoff series at home, I think I think it was just it was to have that atmosphere at home and to be able to win at home and just kind of I would say I mean even though we lost that double overtime game Michigan Tech was a game I'll never forget and just um, hard to pinpoint just one one good one good uh, good memory I had so many good ones with uh, just whether it be you know uh, a Saturday after a sweep at home or just kind of battling through the spring and fall training where it was tough and I think I think it's just you, you become a family when 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 you're kind of all in all in it together especially at college where you're going to class together you're you're going to the dining hall together you're living together it's it's just a, it's a lot of fun to have those relationships so I think I any anytime we won was definitely any good memory
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and just like having those lifelong memories that can you can you can like put a name to and like, just like be like, Oh yeah, I was in college at BGS. you like some of the t- best times of my life. Like that's exactly, that's what, re- that's what really matters. And just having those last, those memories last forever. Exactly. So uh, Chris, I have a few more questions for you before we wrap things up here. Uh, so do you have any tips for goaltenders looking to get to that next level?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's just like, you know, obviously you hear work on your weaknesses and, which is very true. Like, obviously you need to do that, but like find a game that fits you and, and exceed at it. Like, I think, I think the biggest thing right now is you see a lot of, a lot of goalies just trying to fit a build. If that build doesn't work for you, you know, play, play what's going to play, play the style that's going to fit, fit you. If, if you're stopping a puck and and it's not, it's not the cookie cutter build, you're still stopping the puck. So I think I think the biggest thing right now is is you can always be a better skater you can always have um, better habits off the ice um, but I think just kind of play your style and play play it to to a very high level and I think um, skating is a huge part of that yeah absolutely I love that tip and just like it's it's all true
0: like you could be you got to be the best skater on your team like skating is like a foundation for successful goaltending like you just need to need to have that good six uh those good that good edge work good skating because you use edge work literally every push you make every every, time yep every movement you make like it's on the edge
1: work and it can get you out of situations that you uh, necessarily don't want to be in so (laughs) yeah
0: yeah absolutely so my next question for you is uh what's chris nell's game day routine
1: um, so we usually have, um, a pregame skate, so I'll just kind of do like a, either some kind of bar or something in the morning light before the skate, get a coffee and then after have some breakfast, uh, kind of try to stay up as long as I can until, um, probably like around one thirty ish where I'll eat some, a pregame meal, depending on how I'm feeling, if it needs to be a little heavier, maybe some pasta and chicken, but, uh, if not, I, I, I've kind of been switching to. Like a salmon, rice, and veggie, and it's been kind of working out. So I uh, do that, then take like a try to take no longer than like an hour nap. Uh, get up, get ready, go to the game. I uh, get there a little earlier just uh, just to tape sticks and stuff, just because I that whole process might be the worst thing in hockey is taping up sticks. Yeah. So <laughs> try to get there early enough to kind of tape up my sticks, and then uh, when it comes to like game game day routines, it's I kind of try to keep it pretty light. Um, I don't like getting kind of focused too early because I find like I kind of burn myself out if I'm if I'm trying to really dial it in too early. So I'll try to keep it light. I'll play a little bit of sewer, then go through um, my uh, my stretching routines and stuff like that. And I think the only superstition I have is (laughs) I go left skate, right skate, left pad, right pad. But other than that, I think everything else is pretty normal. And then it's game time.
0: Love, love it. Especially like the the pasta and chicken too. Like that's, that's my go-to pregame meal is just pasta and chicken. And it, it does me well. So just like the salmon, rice and vegetable are doing you well right now. So don't fix what ain't broke.
1: Nope. Exactly. Why change something that feels good?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So my final question for you is you've always had some unreal setups. Like what goes into figuring out like what's going to be on your set and like the different colorways that that's going to match your team and match uh, the setup you wear.
1: I think uh, in college, I kind of got free reign and in juniors, I got free reign to do kind of whatever I wanted. Uh, I've kind of started to realize in pro that there's some organizations that necessarily don't love color. Uh, and I think that's kind of been a stigma about boys for a long time now was the darker the pads, uh, the smaller you look, and things like that. But uh, I think it's kind of starting to pull away from that quite a bit. But I always just kind of try to get that that one base color in there, and just kind of work off that, and see what the what each year's graphic brings to kind of make it look the coolest it can it can within that uh, within that team. But these past couple of years, it's especially when you when you're moving around teams, it's kind of hard to do color. So I've just been trying to keep it clean and white. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I I love that blue and yellow set though that you wore in in Hartford. I think you wore it in Atlanta last or the last time you played there. So I yeah, really yeah. love that set.
1: Yeah, it was it was clean, and sharp. I like that one a lot too.
0: Yeah, absolutely yeah. love that. So uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time, and want to wish you the best of luck going forward with this season, and I look forward to following your career
1: the rest of the way. Of course, thank you very much for having me. It was a blast. Yeah, no problem.